Welcome to the JoyCast, episode 13, Coaching versus Therapy. The JoyCast is my life coaching podcast exploring the possibilities and obstacles of a more joy-filled life. I am your host, certified professional life coach and public speaker, Gia Guidry. Well, hello, sunshine. Welcome to the podcast. And today I am welcoming my special guest, Melissa Bowen. And uh, we have been friends since 1991. Did you know that, Melissa? It's a long time. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa is my friend and also therapist, also life coach living in Lafayette, Louisiana, my hometown. And uh, I brought her on today because I want to talk about the difference between life coaching and therapy. And she's the perfect person because she knows so much about both. So to start us off, Melissa, will you go ahead and tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about your uh, training and credentials? Yeah, sure. It's good to be on your podcast first, GM is Sunshine herself. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, counseling is a second career. Um, I went back to school kind of later in life when I was 39, but um, I am a licensed professional counselor and supervisor. And so what, what you need to get that kind of credential, I went back for a master's degree, uh, which took about two years. You work under someone for a minimum of two years and and counting um, 2,000 hours of clinical services direct to client. And then I got a state license that allows me to say licensed professional counselor. Um, And and then I kind of went into coaching also through the Brene Brown programming. But um, and then as you and I have been discussing later, just uh, shifting into some coaching um, work in the past couple of years more, uh, recently. Wow. So it takes like at least eight years to become a therapist, right? Um, a minimum, uh, a minimum of four. And that's if you, um, go school very hard and, and finish in two years. And then if you do nothing but that kind of work to earn your hours, it's a minimum of two. So at, at the minimum, it is a four hour requirement of your education, working, um, paying for supervision, uh, working for less, uh, you know, less pay than what clinic clinicians actually get paid. Uh, so it is a minimum. Sometimes it could take upwards of, um, I would say six, six to seven years to earn the credential, uh, get the state license. And then to be able to practice in whatever capacity you choose. And I, I am in private practice. I worked for an agency for eight years, which was like under one umbrella with seven other uh, clinicians. And a, a handful of years ago, I moved into a private practice. So now it's just me uh, in my office. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, since you are our expert on what is therapy, will you go ahead and tell us Kind of explain to us what is therapy and uh, what do therapists do specifically that coaches don't do? So um, when I talk about when I talk about counseling, I think it's good to use the word therapy or a therapist because it uh, shifts the brain into a little bit more a therapeutic intervention or Mm -hmm. um, someone who does therapy. And that's someone who deals with a clinical diagnosis 
we have a book called the DSM, a Diagnostic and Statistics Manual, and it lists all the possible disorders. And we're talking about everything from um, eating disorders, depression, dyslexia, anxiety, um, bipolar, really anything, body dysmorphia. Um, yeah. And so we deal with clinical issues. Um with therapeutic interventions that we've not just learned in school, but also that we continue our education, whether there's new approaches to depression or uh, like things like um, EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. There's certain approaches that we can learn and apply as clinicians yeah. to address certain issues that a client may come into the room with. Now, we also deal with marriage counseling, life adjustment um, you know, things like divorce or new parenthood or grief, um, when you, uh, lose someone. Um, and so there's a lot of different things that a counselor can address. And you and I've talked a lot. There's a lot of things similar that a coaching coaching can address also of all of those symptoms, but therapy, um, is required when a person's uh, functioning is affected. Mm -hmm. And so therapeutic interventions will help them get to a healthy baseline of functioning, whereas coaching should begin when the person's baseline is functioning at an already healthy level. Gotcha. Um, so that is definitely a difference that has to be addressed before one or the other is chosen. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, so when somebody is having a really hard time, like you said, in difficult transitions, or if they're suffering from a diagnosis, like they are, if they have something like, let's say, uh, body dysphoria, they're going mm -hmm. to want to see a therapist to help them navigate the healing of those kinds of things, right? Mm -hmm. But then a coach could, if they get to a healthy state, whether it's like that disorder or um, even depression or anxiety, when they get to a healthy functioning state, a coach can take them to the next level um, of now, what does this mean for my relationships? How do I want to navigate certain things moving forward? And I say that you know, um, there, uh, a lot of times people say coaching is all moving forward, whereas therapy is looking at the past. Mm -hmm. That's very simplified and, and definitely um, likely on a lot of levels, but not always. Uh, counseling, yes, explores very much in depth um, uh, the past, uh, can reframe the past, can help healing from the past so that a, cl a client can move forward. Right. Um, and coaching looks in the past also, but um, doesn't process it. We just kind of acknowledges it, honors it, and uh, sees how it fits into what the client wants moving forward. It's It's not so much needing to heal from it, but we just honor it. So there's mm -hmm. definitely a different way of looking at, do we look at the past versus the future? Yeah. I love that you made that point because I do think, you know, that's often how we describe it. Like, well, therapists often work on past traumas or past, you know, uh, difficulties in life that need to be repaired before moving forward. And coaches don't really do that, but it is interesting, you know, the way that you said it, how yeah, coaching may look at it and honor it, but not process it. Processing mm -hmm. it would require the training that a therapist has, right? 
Yeah. So then we want to talk a little bit about the difference between therapy and what is coaching. If that's what therapy is, then what Mm -hmm. is coaching? So um, to begin, clients are already functioning at or above baseline when they come in. So it's generally you're working with people who are already mentally healthy. They're ready to uh, expand and grow. A lot of times they're wanting to take their life experience from good to great. Mm-hmm. or they have a specific goal in mind, or they want to change their mindset. Uh, they might come to improve a certain skill like parenting, or maybe they're wanting to um, explore relationships, deepen relationships, uh, improve a work-related skill in particular. Maybe they're coming, some coaches just coach on organization, or they just coach on um weight loss, let's say. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times um, there's a great over drinking uh, life coach that I follow. So there's a lot of times it's a specific thing that you go to a coach for, right? Yeah. And and so interesting that you even bring up the over drinking coach. So yes, I think a coach would be good in that, but then you have to be careful if we are falling into addiction mm-hmm. um, because addiction is in the DSM. Um, good point. So, good point. Yeah. And so it's not to say that they have to have um, a healthy functioning with their drinking before they can get a coach, but um, it just should, it it just should warrant evaluating Mm -hmm. by both parties, the counselor coach and the client to determine what is actually needed. Yeah. Great point. So um, my particular kind of life coaching is often focused on having a healthy relationship with myself, with yourself. It's a relationship with self that I mostly work with clients on Mm -hmm. building self-confidence, building self-love, building self-belief, building self-trust. So I often work with clients on noticing how their brains, you know, are just stuck in a self-protective mode. And then their thoughts are preventing them from going for their goals, going from their dreams, believing in themselves if they want to pursue relationships um, or if they feel they're not thriving in their relationships and they'd like to improve their relationship skills, goals. um, A lot of times their brains are just keeping them from, you know, thriving there. Mm -hmm. And, And so I take a look with clients at a lot at how they're thinking and how that makes them feel. And then based on however they're feeling, how are they behaving in their mm-hmm. lives? Right. And honestly, that's, that's CBT. That's cognitive behavioral therapy. I mean, that, <laughs> and I mean, you and I work with such the similar, you know, demographic of people. That's exactly the kind of client I love working with too. Um, and, you know, things that you're describing, those are thought reframing. Those are all therapeutic interventions, which are beautiful. And that's exactly appropriate for what you're doing is to help them, you know, figure out where their mental obstacle is um, and how to shift it, change it, uh, do something different with it to move forward differently too. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. But um, I would not, I'm not a licensed professional counselor. So the work that I'm doing isn't actually CBT, even though it mirrors it or mimics it. Yeah. Yeah. 
important that I don't represent myself as somebody who does cognitive behavioral therapy because I'm not licensed or trained in that. (laughs) (laughs) I gotcha. But what you, but I know what your training does do and which is important is if you were to, as you're working with someone to do thought reframing and challenge their thoughts, you would be able to tell, can they actually do that work or something blocking them? And that Mm -hmm. could then be a clinical, something clinical like, um, a personality disorder, uh, like narcissism, histrionic, borderline, like other things. And so if you find that something is not, they're not able to function in, in those things, then something else may be happening. Yeah. And then I would refer them out to a licensed professional counselor mm-hmm. and uh, therapy would probably be um, important in order to break down those blocks. Yeah. It would look very different. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So I wanted to give like a little example of something, um, an example from, you know, a client, let's say that I might work with, I've been working a lot with moms, you know, I started out um, sort of marketing my business toward young women And what I'm finding is that the mothers of the young women are the ones that I'm ending up working with the most. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I just think honestly that young people, you know, they're still so young that they are still finding their way to any, you know, they don't have a lot of drama or problems. Not like once you get a little bit older and you start to find those challenges and you, and you want to expand and explore where, you know, the younger you are, even cognitively, their brains aren't quite developed enough to have that perception like, oh, maybe this is something I need to grow in or work on. But the moms really do see how they could improve their relationships by expanding their um, thinking and by noticing how their thoughts connect to how they feel. So mm-hmm. like, let's say someone's struggling with a relationship with their daughter and um, the mother thinks that she just isn't able to connect. And that's what she comes to me saying, like, I'm just not able to connect with her. I don't know what's going on. Like, I love her more than anything, but I'm just not reaching her. She doesn't want to talk to me. Um, things are always tense with us. I just don't understand why it's that way. And uh, they seem to have like a functioning relationship, but the daughter's not feeling safe opening up to the mom. And the mom's like, I don't know, maybe girls just don't talk to their mothers, but it seems like my friend's daughters talk to them and I want her to feel safe talking with me, but I don't know how to create that safety. And um, the daughter's perception is that the mother is just telling me how to live. Like the mom is pointing out, uh, what I'm wearing, or the mom is pointing out how much I'm on my phone, or the mom is, you know, criticizing what I'm choosing to eat, let's say, or who I'm hanging out with too much. And the mom's like, I don't know, I'm just trying to guide her. And so um, the mom starts to feel like she's walking on eggshells with the child and the child seems to just hold back what she's going to reveal to the mother. So in the coaching call with the mom, We'll talk about what is the mother feeling? She's got this feeling she's walking on eggshells all the time. And, and what is that? What emotion is going with that? And she's like, I just have no confidence. I have no, I feel like I'm lacking in confidence when I talk with her. And what we find a lot of times is what the mom is just feeling pretty terrible at, about herself as a mom. Mm-hmm. And because she feels like that, she's not really showing up 
with the as daughter herself, as a confident and she's yeah. not showing up as herself. Right. Yeah. So, um, so she's not this emotionally clean, safe space for the daughter and, uh, and the daughter's holding back. Right. So when the mom realizes this sort of underlying belief that she has, I'm not good enough as a mom. And that this belief is what's causing the dynamic between we reveal that thought and then the mom can change what she's thinking, right? Mm -hmm. She can start to come from a different place. Like, what if I am the perfect mother for her, you know, and then she starts to shift how she shows up Mm -hmm. and she becomes a lot more authentic and more um, clean in her interactions with the daughter, maybe even speaking honestly with the daughter about, you know what, I honestly sometimes feel I'm walking on eggshells with you Mm -hmm. because I've never had a 17 year old before. And a little bit more vulnerable, more brave, right? Mm -hmm. Be a little more vulnerable, be a little more open and honest with the girl. And then, you know, and just being real. And then Mm -hmm. the girl starts to say, okay, I see, you know, my mom's not trying to control my every move. She's really not that critical of me. She understands where I'm coming from. And maybe it is safe here Mm -hmm. for me to share more. So um, it's really in a lot of times what heals the mother-daughter relationship the most is for the mom to understand what thoughts she's operating from Mm -hmm. in that relationship. Mm -hmm. So do you um, tell me a little bit about the kind of work that you find you're doing with your coaching clients? Well, I'll even pull one out that's very similar. So it's relationship, you know, Um, and I would say it would start off almost exact, exactly like you with the the mother and daughter. But this was um, a coaching client that I took with um, and it was a relationship challenge with her and her live in boyfriend, her long term, you know, partner. and still doing the same things of um, acknowledge, acknowledging the thoughts that she was having that was keeping her from asking for what she needed from him and setting boundaries so that she could feel comfortable at work and at home. And um, mm-hmm. So that was all coaching, um, how to do time blocking and setting her goals and action steps and knowing that she had to set boundaries in order to be able to do that. And challenging the thoughts that she had that she couldn't ask for what she needed or it was a burden. So um, getting to the point of acknowledging the thoughts. Um, And so uh, at a point where she still, even though we could acknowledge those things, could not move forward in any of the actions, not of vulnerability, not of bravery, even in acknowledging the thoughts. Um, And so as we kept working together, we realized she had, she still was dealing with some unresolved trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as, and we talk about it, um, I had to refer her to a counselor so that they could work on ingrained shame messages that were keeping her from moving forward uh, or, you know, thriving or functioning in the way that we were talking about in coaching. Yeah. Um, um, shame messages and, and just kind of retraining the brain, uh, and processing some trauma that was not processed. And so she was going to do that with a counselor because even as a counselor and coach, I should not do both. Mm. I should not cross that line. Okay. Um, so 
and we, we acknowledge that right from the get-go. Like if, if we're going to do coaching, we're going to do coaching. If it gets into anything else, then I'm going to refer you. I will not be your counselor. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, it's, um, but very similar as far as coaching, you know, I like doing goal setting and accountability and, um, you know, forecasting, like, what do you want from a relationship or your job or your next life experience? And let's figure out what skills and tools you need to get there. Right. Yeah. I I dig it. I love the work. It's a very different energy and I, I I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Say more about the energy of coaching. Yeah. When I, um, take a new call from a prospective client, whether it's counseling or coaching, um, when I say the energy around coaching, um, well, I guess personally for me, it's a lot more, um, empowering, direct, um, yeah, just way more direct. Uh, not like it's gotta be in your face, but, um, if you know that we're going to say, okay, you remember that that was from that past experience there and we're not going there anymore. You are, you know, you're, you're moving forward, uh, braver with more courage. That doesn't mean that we don't know that these past things have happened. Um, but we just move with a little bit more, uh, pace and, uh, direct energy as opposed to therapy. A lot of times can feel like, um, it's moving forward, but we also have to sit with things, you know, to get yeah. that emotional intelligence, um, to figure out what is going on with me and what do I need right now? And, um, how do I move forward? So it's just a little bit more of the processing that makes it just a little softer, slower pace. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we, you might have said this at the beginning, but there's a lot of coaching that happens in the counseling office. Um, but the, the energy I just find is a little bit different because it yeah. can be just more direct and driving. Yeah, that's a really good point, too, that there is crossover. Um, there's... But only from one side to the other. Only right. from coaching counseling to coaching only like coaching can happen in a counseling office but counseling should never happen in a coaching office it's only the crossover there um and again when I say the driving so like in a counseling office if um someone came up to a block it's good practice to stop and see what's happening yeah you know to let to 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 slow down the process until it all feels safe and stable. Whereas in coaching, you know, like, not that it doesn't matter, but we're not going there. Um, if if you come up with an obstacle, um, you, we, we find the things that help you bust through that, Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to let's be a little bit more gentle so that we don't do any re-traumatizing or that we, uh, rock some stability that we're not sure is happening. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I love also, I just want to say, I love that I hear a little of, uh, Brene Brown's, um, language in your descriptions of your coaching, you know, bravery, courage, shame, what else? Yeah. Um, I tell you, uh, so I got certified in her stuff, um, 2016, and I've never found anything that speaks to me the way that her research does. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I see the commonalities. It's, it's parallel work 
from uh, in psychology, in the research, and in spirituality, where shame is our lowest common emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, since finding her work and her research, um, it's just something I know I live over and over again, the um, embracing your authenticity and your worthiness, um, finding genuine connections by being vulnerable and courageous. Yeah, I, I've never veered from it now that I've found it. And I, every time I, I get into it in any other way, it just goes deeper and deeper. I do. I love it. <laughs> I love I, it too. And you were just on a retreat with some friends um, revisiting yeah. this work or deepening your step. What, what was that about? Yeah, they, um, it was other certified Daring Way facilitators um, from the Southeast region. We were all from different states, Arkansas, Florida, um, South Carolina, and Tennessee. And we just decided like it had been a while since any of us had been together. And I had just met these people maybe four years ago at a conference, but we we wanted to make connections again, because we know the value of the work. And it wasn't convenient to go get together in Savannah. It wasn't you know, something that was just so simple to do, but man, it was good. We talked business, we talked the work, we talked clients. Um, and because we do this work, we know the language of, uh, and the feelings of what it means to be vulnerable and open and, um, have a shame spiral and to do something courageous and to be awkward, brave, and kind. And so we just fell right into it all. And it was awesome. It was just great. And kind of a little magical thing that happened while you were on that retreat is I found myself on an elevator with Brene Brown, just the two of us for a one. Could not believe when I saw that. Could (laughs) not believe it. I was so jealous. I could not believe that. that I was was so excited. I I didn't recognize her at first um, because she was at the gym and she was all sweaty and, uh, and she hopped on the elevator with me and we just did a little one floor ride and, in talking with her, I started to hear that Brene sound in her voice. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Brene Brown. I mean, it took a while for my brain to snap in. And then she was walking off the elevator. And I was like, oh my God, that was Brene Brown. How fantastic. I'm sure you played it cool. I don't think I could have mm. been as cool as you. Well, if I had realized it as soon as we got on the elevator, I, I don't know. I was silenced <laughs> once I realized who she was. <laughs> Oh, shoot. That's awesome. I'll meet her one day. And it takes a lot to silence me. (laughs) But yep, she's an icon in my eyes. Yeah, me too. Um, So just want to kind of reiterate a little bit of that crossover between Mm -hmm. therapy and coaching. Uh, We we know that therapists and coaches are both in the helping profession. Mm -hmm. Uh, They both work to help their clients improve their lives. Both are trained to be good listeners and to ask really good questions. Both are trained to hold space for their client and be a witness to their life experiences. Uh, But therapists have specific tools that they're trained to use. And uh, coaches will also be trained in in tools, Mm -hmm. but they can even develop tools of their own. And a lot of times coaches have tools that they've developed all by themselves and then people come to them just for that tool, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Both therapy and coaching deal with thoughts and feelings and behaviors, and they both can be very solution focused. Um, Many situations could be handled by either a therapist or a life coach. And in many cases, clients are working with both at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a therapist and a life coach myself. 
And uh, at different times, you know, I find myself in need of the therapist, especially when I feel maybe my emotions are dragging me to a place below functioning, below baseline. And then I'm like, oh, got to check in with my therapist. I love having an established therapist that I can work with, that I can call on, Mm -hmm. you know, when times are tough, because we're all going to experience we know because we're humans that we are all going to experience grief, loss, sudden, you know, sometimes shocking or tragic events in life that mm-hmm. really can leave us unmoored. And uh, it's so nice to have a therapist at those times. Yeah, I agree. I have both. I have used both as well um, and yeah. kind of for similar times and seasons. Um, most recently I went to a coach because I needed to get unstuck from some business decisions. Um, you know, how was I utilizing my finances, my, uh, time structure, um, my focus of efforts. Um, and he was able, and uh, something else that I think a coach and a therapist does, um, is they also hold a mirror to you, Mm. um, in a safe place. It's like, you know, if, if you have a business coach or any kind of coach, they're going to evaluate, here's what you're doing. Here's what's not working. Here's what I recommend. A therapist will say, here's what I see in here. Here's what you are saying is not working. Mm-hmm. And they will not say, here's what I recommend, but they will help guide you to an answer that is authentic and good for you. They will not be advice giving. Um, whereas a coach really has uh, authority and uh, credibility to do that. Whereas a counselor should not. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's a really cool distinction. Yeah. So how does one decide then between therapy and life coaching? Um, for me, you may not always know, I'll be honest, one of the last interviews I did have, she was calling me for coaching and we realized in the call that um, she needed more regular weekly uh, more sensitive support to process and pass things. Um, that's a good question. Like, how would you know? Um, I don't know. What do you think? Like, I, I, I think if you're having thoughts of, um, I need to process something that has happened, um, and figure out where it fits in my life. Um, or am I stuck moving for, if, if you're having thoughts, like I'm stuck moving forward, I think a a coach can definitely help you through that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you might get to a point where you think, oh, wait, I might need counseling. But if you think, um, that you have more things to process internally, I would say counseling. I know, right. you know, like how you described it too. It's like that's internal processing, but external um, outcomes uh, for coaching, you know, like, yeah, you're going to acknowledge their thoughts so that they can move forward externally, like actively. Um, right. But for counseling, it's it's like the shift is going to be more internal and closer to the personal radar is my thought. I don't know. What do you think? Well, for sure, you know, it's, we, we always consider the baseline. Are you functioning mm-hmm. at or above the, fa- the baseline? If you're functioning at or above the baseline, then you can certainly consider coaching. If you're functioning below baseline, you want to seek therapy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then other specific therapy, you know, only 
option, you know, where therapy is the only option is if you're in an abusive relationship, if you're navigating an eating disorder or any addictive behavior, mm-hmm. if, uh, if you need help finding safety and processing trauma, if you're experiencing depression and anxiety to the point that it's interfering with your ability to function in your day-to-day life, you need therapy. Mm-hmm. If you're having trouble letting go of your past, that's work for a therapist. Um, if you're struggling with the will to live, absolutely, you need sure. therapy in those cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you seek out coaching when you are functioning well in your life, but you're ready to go from it's good, but I want to make it great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would concur. Yeah, I agree. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy to have had this time with you, Melissa, and this great conversation. Uh, I really appreciate your expertise on both sides of this coin. I love that you and I can um, can talk about both sides, you know, and how we've both been on this journey together. Um, you know, I, I have learned so much from you and your journey through the life school and developing your education and your certification. And um you know, opening up your business and running your business. And I do love that we can talk about both. So it's my pleasure. I love it so much too. And I have to say that, you know, after becoming a life coach, um, I realized like if, if therapy hadn't been somewhat stigmatized when I was young, because mm-hmm. when I was a child, no one that I knew ever did therapy. Uh, and, and I, I can remember adults in my life saying, no, we handle that on our own. We don't need to go telling people our business. Right. Mm -hmm. And I I think when I was young, it was, you know, thought of as something that we don't need. And, but, but now that I know so much more about it, I kind of wish I had become a therapist. I think that would have been the direction I would have gone Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. I was in college. If I had ever, if I had been to therapy in my younger years, I bet I would have become a therapist. I could see you being great at it because you're a great coach. And I, I think we're still dealing with the stigma um, of it too. I mean, I, it definitely it's more talked about, more prevalent to to say that you're uh, interested in mental health, um, but mm-hmm. we're still dealing with the stigma and insurance too. I, I, you know, that was on our list of things to talk about too, that only um, a licensed therapist can uh, charge Uh, can allow you to use your insurance to pay for services. Right. Um, However, they make it very difficult to get reimbursed for services. So a lot of clinicians, myself included, um, don't take insurance anymore because Mm. they don't, they don't value it. Um, They don't pay very well. You you can't keep a full caseload and still um, earn a, a decent living. And they don't, they just don't make it easy to earn a living like that. So um, but a license uh, is what allows you to have insurance to you yeah. know, take, take insurance for fees. Yeah. And it's hard to find therapists now that do take insurance. I know, I know that's one of the tricky things, although mm-hmm. some insurances do allow you to s- submit for reimbursement. Yeah. And I will do that. I'll nice. offer super bills and, and you could get like probably 40%, if not even 60% reimbursement um, for out of network coverage. Yeah. So yeah. that is nice. Yeah. Okay. Melissa, can you please tell our listeners where they can find you if they're interested in knowing more about Melissa Bowen? 
Yes. Um, my website is daringacadiana.com. Um, Acadiana is the region that I live in and daring, a uh, little throwback to Brene, uh, being bold and daring. So daringacadiana.com. You can also Google me, Melissa Bowen. I'm in Lafayette, but uh, I'm on social media with Facebook and Instagram as counselor and coach. Um, so if you just use my name, I'll pop up somewhere. But Daring Acadiana does have the workshops that I'm holding. I do some in-person and online workshops. And I also have a couple of online courses of, you know, uh, boundaries and values and emotional intelligence, that kind of stuff that I've put out, um, including getting in touch for coaching or counseling. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today and for your expertise. And I love you so much, my soul sister. I know. I love you too. You've been my sister forever. I love you. (laughs) All right. And we'll see you next time on the Joycast. Bye, sunshine. Bye, sunshine. Hey, are you ready to be more present in your life? Are you ready to go from good to great? to feel comfortable with your wide range of emotions and direct your brain to think intentionally the way that you want to? Are you ready to become your authentic self in your relationships and relax into feeling comfortable and joyful in your very own skin? Let's work together, sunshine. Your first call with me is free, so anyone can try it out to see if coaching feels like a good fit for you. Check the show notes for resources and links, and you can also find everything you need on giagidry.com. Please follow me on Instagram and TikTok. I'll see you next time.